Hey everybody. Well, this is a uh, a new podcast called The Beach Singer, and this is Rick Wilson coming to you live from well, not live, but right now I'm live, live to me. You'll probably listen to this when it's recorded. In fact, I know you will because that's kind of what a podcast for me is going to look like. It's going to be recorded, and but I. Uh, started this podcast calling it the Beach Singer. What I was going to do was simply uh, use it as a platform to promote my shows and new music and uh, I play here in the panhandle of Florida and up until last night I was still doing shows and none of my shows had really canceled and then today the phone call started coming in when the beaches were closed and the restaurants that I play in um, were closed only for takeout and that sort of thing. So, obviously, I'm not going to be promoting any shows tonight. Um, My job, my source of income now is uh, playing at the restaurants here in Florida. When tourists come down, you know, whether it's uh, Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville or Lucy Buffett's Lulu's or just a number of... I've had about 20 different places that I play, which keeps me really busy uh, from March. March 1st, it starts, and it goes all the way up until September, up into October. I'll do some shows uh, even up until November. And I'll tell you, quite frankly, this was going to be my best year. I mean, my calendar was full. And I've kind of had an interesting go of things um, as a beach singer since I moved to Florida. Most of you know, if you know me, that two years ago we packed up everything. I come from a little town in Indiana called Seymour, Indiana, and I retired at 62. We packed up the kids. Teresa and I, we have five adopted children, ages 4 through 14. At the time, obviously, they were 2 through 12. And we packed up and moved to Florida to start a brand new life. And we moved to a little town called Mexico Beach, Florida. And so there we began a new life. And I began to work there in the Mexico Beach area and Panama City Beach area and things were going really well until Hurricane Michael came along and totally obliterated and wiped out that little town that we were living in of Mexico Beach and with five small children uh, our house wasn't destroyed but my livelihood was was taken away and and the town was was so completely destroyed that uh, we had no choice but but to relocate uh, because when you make your living as a beach singer you you have to sing and you have to you know you have to find a market where you can sing so we ended up as fate would have it over here in the Pensacola Beach area and at the time uh, it looked like a uh, silver lining in a gray cloud because there was a lot of opportunity here for me. And Pensacola Beach uh, became a real hotbed uh, for entertainment, especially for me. I'm a 
solo guy. I, I used to play in bands all the time, and I did that for years when I was back in Indiana. But when I decided to move to Florida, I put together a solo act, and I spent uh, probably eight months to a year just kind of woodshedding it because I'd never done that. I had never totally relied on myself to to do a show. In fact, I uh, just didn't think I could do it. <laughs> and there's probably some of you out there who say he still can't do it, but uh, it hasn't stopped me. And we've been very successful here. Uh, I was working six nights. I had seven shows this week uh, in a six-day period. I had two tomorrow. I had one at noon at Crabs on the Beach, and then I was going to pack up at four and head down for a second show at TC's Front Porch uh, on Navarre Beach at six o'clock. And then we got the word today from our governor, Governor DeSantis, that all the restaurants would be closing except for takeout, carry out, that sort of thing. So May was going to be six nights a week. June was going to be seven nights a week. July was going to be seven nights a week. It looked like August was going to be seven nights a week. And, you know, I had this uh, financial plan put together because as a beach singer, you make your money March through October and then you've got to have enough put back uh, to live November, December, and then of course January, or of course in December Christmas comes, and with five kids, you know, you've got to do Christmas, and then you've got to get through January and February, and then things start all over again March the 1st. Well, I don't have to tell you that I'm in the same boat as the rest of you. Um, I'm sure there are a few of you whose jobs uh, are still happening, especially if you're in the healthcare business or uh, something like that. You know, you've still got to go to work. And my hat's off to you if, if you're in that business because I've got uh, two nieces who are nurses. Uh, wow, my, my niece uh, Mackenzie and my niece Chastity uh, are both RNs. And uh, I'm praying for them because... Um, boy, they've got their work cut out for you, for them, just like the rest of you healthcare workers. I, I rent here in Florida, and uh, my landlord uh, is a doctor, and so, boy, it, this this whole thing has has just rocked our world. And you know, I'm 64 years old, and I, like the rest of you, have never experienced anything like this where the world just comes to a screeching halt. Um, and so I think instead of, you know, announcing where my shows are going to be, and I'll get back to that, you know, that's what I'm going to use this podcast for, is for people to learn about me and my shows and and, and talk about uh, the business. And and uh, a lot of people will ask me, uh, you know, what's it like the, to, to make a living as a singer? And, and how do you get work? And, and that sort of thing. And these were just going to be some of the things we were going to talk about and I was going to share with you. And, and just the kind of day-to-day life of a guy who makes his living singing on the beach. And now... <laughs> with that's not happening. And so I feel the same pain that you all feel who are now unemployed. And I guess we can take some solace in the fact that we're all in the same boat. Uh, 
probably 95% of us are wondering things like, how are we going to make the house payment? How are we going to pay the rent? How are we going to pay the electric bill and the car payment? And, uh, you know, I was already on the phone today talking to a couple of institutions that I have loans through my car loan and uh, talking about, you know, a, a two or three month deferment and, uh, you know, uh, Gulf Power, um, you know, they're not going to be disconnecting anyone right now, but yet you don't want to get in a position where when the world starts turning again, that we're all neck deep in bills, but yet we're all facing that possibility. And so how do we deal with this? And I'm trying to uh, process this just like you are. And I thought this would be a good way for me to just kind of share what's going on in my head and for us maybe to be able to communicate back and forth uh, when I post this on Facebook, um, you know, just, just kind of help each other. And, you know, I think probably the most important thing that's happened to me in the last 24 hours is that my priorities have shifted. And I think that's probably something that you would probably say, too. Um, I would say this, panicking is, is not going to help anything right now. That was my first reaction. I was mad. I remember, um, I think it was on uh, Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday, my son, uh, who called me from Indianapolis, uh, basically uh he sent me a message. Sorry, Dad, to hear all the restaurants and bars are closing in Florida. And we'll be praying for you. And at that moment, I still had a full calendar. And I remember calling him back. And, man, I was livid. I was mad. I was panicking. I was like, uh, the four-letter expletives were just coming out of my mouth. And, uh, you know, that was my first reaction was panic. And I think that's a natural reaction, don't you? I mean, that's what we all kind of do when we first get, realize what's getting ready to happen. I mean, this is unprecedented. Um, never has the country shut down like this. 9-11 was, was tough. 9-11 is the only thing that even compares to it. But to me, this is a whole different animal. And you know, Here's the thing. We can all have our theories, and, and you know me, I've been very vocal about who I support and who I don't support, and I think maybe it's time for me to shut my horse face mouth and maybe just be nice. Um, you know, there's, there's Christians out there that say, oh, you got to take a stand, you got to make a stand. Do you really? I don't know. I don't know. Are you really going to change things by taking a stand on Facebook? No, I don't think so. So I'm beginning to wonder if I would focus my energy on trying to like people and quit arguing with them about what they believe and what I believe because I'm not going to change what you believe and, and you're not going to change what I believe. But can't we still like each other? And listen, I, I'm, I'm, this is, this is the uh, preacher preaching to the choir here. I'm the choir. 
Uh, I have been the worst. And, you know, I've been very vocal on, on Facebook and social media, how I feel about certain things. And I've said a lot of stupid things and a lot of insensitive things. And I get mad and post something. And then five minutes later, I take it off when I've had a second to cool off. And, um, you know, we live in this time uh, where it's just very volatile. And I think the best thing that's come out of this whole situation is politics are on the back burner. Now, and I'm beginning to wonder how we could keep politics on the back burner. Because I'm beginning to see that the spirit of the American begins to rise and people can actually come together whether they're Democrats or or, uh, Republicans or whatever you are Now, there's going to be fringe segments of society who are just going to stay mad. You know, you've got those on the extreme right. You've got those on the extreme left. They're just always going to stay mad. But us people that are out here living life every day with a little bit of sense, I'm just wondering if it's not time, including myself, if we shouldn't just kind of start being nice to people. You know... Making a stand is, is I guess, it's okay. But I have found that when I make a stand, like, if you're a believer, if you're a Christian, you need to make a stand. Okay, make a stand. And then what happens as a result of that? Nothing. You have, quote, made a stand. Okay, maybe maybe that has some, some merit. I don't know. I'm going to be accused of a lot of things by saying that. But... I'm thinking that the world would be a lot better place if we would stop making a stand and just start liking each other. You know, I have family members who I love and and, and our relationship's kind of strained because of my big fat mouth and their big fat mouth. And... I'm just wondering if all of us would just kind of close our big fat mouths and just start trying to like each other uh, in spite of our differences. I'm just wondering if of this time in our nation's history, and boy, we are sure making history today, I'm just wondering what this world might look like after all of this. You know, we all come together and sing Kumbaya today because we're all in the same boat. What I'm beginning to realize by this, this uh, virus that's totally shut down our country, is that we really do need each other. We really do. I mean, human beings were made to socialize. They were made to be together and our society we have just become so polarized and I'm not telling you anything you don't already know and I've I've been part of the problem I really have I mean I've been a huge part of the problem and I'm just wondering if this might not be the time uh, for me to stop being the problem and start trying to just 
spread a little love around. And I mean, we can't love everybody because we try to, but I mean, you know, and, and our Bible tells us to, we do our best, but face it, folks, you're never going to love everybody. I mean, you can say you love everybody, but you don't. Um, I, I'm beginning to think it's probably easier to like people than it is to love them. And I used to think the opposite. I used to say, well, I don't like their ways, but I love them. Oh, no, you don't. If you don't like their ways, you don't love them. You know, that's, that's BS. The reason I'm saying it's probably more important for us to start liking each other is because who knows? We might accidentally start loving each other. It's hard to say. But I think during this time, we, it's, it's a really good time, and, and I'd like to use this platform here just to kind of say, you know what, I've, I've kind of been a, a a-hole, and, and uh, I'm going to step back from all that. I'm going to do really my best. You know, I think we all go through times where I'm getting off Facebook, and I'm not going to write this, I'm not going to do that. And I've done that a million times. I want to quit watching the news, blah, 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 blah. Well, you know, um, that's never really worked. What really needs to happen is, is something inside of us needs to change right now. And, and realize that the, we live in the greatest country in the world. And no matter how long this thing lasts, we're going to get through it. And we're going to, knowing the American spirit the way I know it, we're going to bounce back even bigger and stronger and more prosperous. But I think we would be even more prosperous if we would just try to like each other. You know, is, is it really that big a deal um, who's president? I know you're going to say, oh, we can't have so-and-so as a president. Can't have so-and-so as a president. I, I, I don't know. Is it really that big a deal? Because when it comes down to it, it's the American spirit that rises to the top at a time of crisis. And I think we're even seeing now uh, a time when the, the two parties are coming together and it's not perfect, but, you know, all the stuff that's gone on for the last three years since we got a new president, um, it's, it's just really gotten crazy and I've been part of the problem you know when I went into recovery when I decided what 16 years ago now how long has it been since I got clean sober something like yeah 16 years ago you know the thing that helped me get clean and sober was was when I realized that, that I'm the problem and um, I think Right now, where we are at in this crisis, I think I've got to decide, am I going to be part of the solution or am I going to, as I say, you know, keep opening my big fat mouth and pissing people off? So it's kind of up to me. It's kind of up to me. And here's the thing, change always starts with me. You know, I can want you to change all day long. And I can demand that you change and you change and you change and everybody else change. 
But really, I'm the one that needs to change. Because if I change, there's a real good possibility that somebody else around me might change as well. And if we really did start to like each other, we might be able to take this country to places it's never seen, never been. We might be able to help people we've never, you know, been able to help. Um, whether you believe this virus is real or not, or, you know, I was under the assumption it was just another flu, um, who knows? Here's the, here's the point. It doesn't matter. Here's where we are today. The world has come to a screeching halt. The world has come to a screeching halt. So, what am I going to do to make this a better place? What am, what am I going to do what am I going to start doing different to make this country the country that it can be? Folks, we're never going to agree with each other, okay? We're never going to agree with each other. But there really is no reason why we can't try to like each other. Genuinely try to like each other. I know that's a concept that is kind of hard to swallow, because I can think of people right now I don't like. And you probably can think of a lot of people you don't like. You may not like me. But what would the world be like if we all decided to make a conscious effort to start liking each other? Today, I made my first conscious effort to be nice. Not, I mean, I feel like I'm a nice guy. But I mean, really made a conscious effort. I went to the store. I got up early because um, the stores, probably where you are at too, are on shorter hours. Shores, stores that were open 24 hours are now open at 8 to 8 or something like that. They're spending the nighttime restocking the shelves. And uh, you can't get toilet paper. Today was the first time I ever looked at a guy with toilet paper under his arm after I went back and saw the empty shelves of toilet paper. Today was the first day I ever envied a guy with with toilet paper under his arm. I mean, you know, I envied that guy. He put that in his cart and I'm thinking, hmm. The thought of taking his toilet paper out of his cart while he wasn't looking actually <laughs> entered my mind. <laughs> Can you imagine? Rick Wilson arrested at Walmart this morning for stealing toilet paper out of a shopping cart. $5,000 bail. He was released on his own recognizance. <laughs> yeah. The world's a crazy place right now. But I go in, I'm thinking about all these people that are working there, the cash, the lady working behind the cash register, the person stocking the shelf. And I, I just made a conscious effort. You know, I couldn't find something my wife wanted. And uh, she wanted ranch dressing in a package. And uh, couldn't find it. So I was asking one of the uh, managers there, you know, where I could find that. And uh, I actually found myself just really, my heart kind of went out to the guy. I know he's been working hard. I said, you don't have to show me where it is, man. Just just tell me where it is. Where before, 
I'm the customer. I would demand that you not only tell me where the ranch dressing is, I demand that you walk me there. Because, see, I think that's kind of where we've gotten. We've gotten to this place in our society where we think we are entitled as customers, as Americans, uh, to certain things. And, you know, I, I found myself consciously just trying to be nice to this guy. And say, hey, man, don't, don't sweat it. I'll find it. And if it takes me an extra five minutes to find it, so what? I ain't got nothing else to do right now. And so I would like to think that I am in a, a person who is not afraid to grow and, and become a better human being. I mean, I like to think that, you know what, I'm not done yet. Uh, I, I got a lot of rough edges, you know what I'm saying, that need to be smoothed off, that need to be sanded off nice and smooth. And to me, there's no better time to start than right now. You know, I'm, I'm really not entitled to anything. Not really. I, I just think it's time that we start trying to like each other and quit expecting things out of each other and be more giving to each other and, and trying to help each other more and, and trying to understand each other better. And I know this sounds like pie in the sky, kumbaya, let's, kumbaya, let's start a campfire and all sing Jesus loves me, this I know together. But, you know, folks, it's, it's really, um, it's kind of a time in our country's history where we could all take this to a new place. And it's hard right now because we've got the pressures I mean, when you talk about financial pressure, there's no there's no pressure tougher than that. And I feel that. You know, uh, I packed up and moved to Florida a couple of years ago on a whim and a prayer. Not a whole lot of money in my pocket. And uh, there's been some times where it's gotten pretty close. But I believe in, in divine destiny. And I believe that I'm supposed to be here. And I believe that I was brought here. I believe that being a beach singer at this time in my life is my divine calling. And so we can get into this area and, and some of you are going to, you know, you're going to quit listening now because we don't want to do the God thing. We don't want to talk spirituality. We don't talk religion. We don't want to talk all this stuff. And, and I get that. I get that. You know, all I got to say to you about that is is if, if you're really looking for truth, you'll find it. You know, just look for truth. If, if you just look for truth. If you are honestly in search of truth, you'll find it. And that's really all I got to say about that. So, I would really, really like to say thank you for listening. And um, I'll probably do some more of these. But why am I doing this? I'm doing it for my own personal good. Because I need it. This is a great way for me to reflect. This is a great way for me to try to tune up myself. Um, there's a lot of things in me that, that really do need to change. And I think this is a time 
in our nation's history where we all can stop my little four-year-old today, you know, was talking about the coronavirus. And I'm thinking, wow, this is, this is going to have an impact on our children. It could have a negative impact or it could have a positive impact. And I think the impact that it has on our children is going to be determined by how we as adults handle this. I think it's time, including myself, we all just take a deep breath here. Say, okay, let's let's think about some things here. Let's think about what's really important in life. Let's let's look at our priorities. My priority right now was to make money. I had a great schedule. I had a great schedule. I was going to do very well. I had where every dime was going to go and what next winter was going to look like and what Christmas was going to look like. I had it down to the very dollar. I had how I was going to pay this credit card off and I was going to do this. I was going to...